Welcome to Ask Cadence, the project ma- management podcast. Everyone, my name is Pete Wright, sitting here once again with John Patton. John, good morning. Good morning, Pete. We are. We have a very clear question. I'm looking forward to your clear and uh, final answer. Why should an organization pursue program management and portfolio management? Your response. Okay, Pete. Let's start with uh, portfolio management. Um, you know any living, breathing, uh, forward-moving, fast-moving organization uh, has people in it with lots of ideas for change. And there are people that lie awake at night uh, just dreaming of fantastic new things to do. And they come in the next day and say, you know, last night I was thinking and a project is born. So uh, most good companies have more projects uh, in mind than people to do them. And those projects have really have different impacts on the business. They have uh, different priorities uh, among the executives and the layers of management in the organization. And uh, so we want to make sure that the resource available to work on projects, that is the resource not involved in creating the service or the product of the company, uh, is uh, working on what we call the three rights the right projects at the right time with the right resources. Oh, I'm going to bring up a fourth right for the right <laughs> reasons. Okay, right projects, right time, right resources for the right reasons. I, 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 I want to interrupt you there because I sort of feel like we need to play out your story. You come in in the morning, you say, I have a great idea and a project is born. What happens if you aren't pursuing the four rights? Uh, what usually happens in an organization that doesn't have any infrastructure to handle this? Well, they're, they're staffed with uh, conscientious people. Uh, they have some operating duties, and then they have a bunch of project duties. And if they have way too many uh, project assignments, they work on everything a little bit. And the impression the ex- executives have then is that everything is moving too slowly. Sure. And it's just nothing because, is ever finished. Yeah, well, and no, yes, because priorities change. The next great idea comes along, right. and, and, and the idea that came up two months ago gets dropped because everybody's urgently working on the new one. Sure. Now, this is an extreme case, but it does happen right. uh, in organizations. So in, in bringing order to this, one of the things we're, we're going to uh, do in portfolio management is say that there is such a thing as a strategic portfolio, and then there are the rest of the pro- projects. And those can be in other departments, and a department could have its own portfolio, like an IT organization could have uh, has projects that they need to do. And what Some does the those, strategic portfolio uh, represent? Those, uh, strate- those items that are in the strategic portfolio are the ones that are do- uh, tied directly uh, to organizational goals, strategic okay. goals that are set during wh- whatever process the company uses for business planning. Uh, those are varied, but they go through a planning period and they set goals mm-hmm. uh, for the coming year, for the coming multiple years, the directions that they want the company to go in. And those goals drive projects. Actually, they drive projects and programs. Mm-hmm. And I'll just separate the two and, uh, for the moment, saying a program is a multi-year, multi-project kind of thing Uh, that has to be done over time, and it's done that way to secure the arrival of benefits. It's sort of a project generator. Mm -hmm. The projects are how we get everything done. So some projects are tied to a program, many are not. 
uh, in an organization. But the items that are in the strategic portfolio are, is that set of programs and projects that executives deem most important for this particular year. And then we want to make sure that we have those properly resourced. So they're going to go through uh, a prioritization uh, structure. Uh, they're uh, going to be balanced in terms, in other words, we have to decide uh, the key strategic drivers of our uh, company. Um, let's assume that there are things like um, uh, new business development activities, new product development activities, regulatory compliance uh, sorts of activities, uh, performance or continuous improvements. Uh, wh how much of the available budget do we want to spend on each one of those things this year? So that's called balancing uh, the portfolio. And then making sure that uh, when we're out of resources, projects are on hold awaiting the completion of projects that are active to free up resources so that more projects can come along. Okay. Now we know that, that projects will exist in, uh, in, the, uh, uh, in the functions as well. And uh, the, the guideline, however, is that projects that are in the strategic portfolio are given resources before projects in the functional portfolio are addressed but there is a finite amount of resources. Now when that happens, project execution accelerates. Companies get more projects done per year. That's the benefit. There is just a huge productivity gain uh, when formal portfolio management of projects is, is undertaken. Now as a part of portfolio management, the governance structure is set up as well. So the structure that enables executives to continue to evaluate their uh, portfolio is in place. The monthly prioritization of the project list is in place, which stabilizes the environment. So uh, this aspect of governance uh, is, is pretty critical uh, to portfolio management as well. It, it, it seems like there are a number of benefits. I, I wonder, and, and you may want to table this one until you talk about your next topic, mm -hmm. when does an organization, how does an organization know when they're ready to embark on a portfolio management initiative? When the, is there a certain level of complexity that they need to, you know, or is there a size or, you know, when does portfolio management help? We've seen companies with as few as 20 projects in their portfolio um, uh, benefit from, from portfolio management. Usually companies have upwards of 50 in their strategic portfolio. And I would say the average is 80 uh, to 100 okay. uh, in, in some pretty large companies at the, at the highest sort of strategic level uh, there. Is, is that the question you're uh, asking, Pete? Yeah, and, and I think, you, you know, we've, we've talked before this, about this issue of complexity. And, and so, you know, I'm interested in, in the complexity issues that portfolio management alleviates. Okay, uh, so let's talk about complexity and number of people in the firm. Um, usually, there I, I see a, a real dividing line as a company hits about a thousand people. You know, you look at the startup mode and the growth mode inside a company. Mm -hmm. You can get a whole lot done with hustle. At about a thousand people, the the total environment inside the company becomes uh, more complex. And the company uh, is in a major transition. We're moving from a small company 
to now contending for the ranks of, of be, uh, actually being ranked in the world. And so uh, even though I, I, I have just uh, given you a couple of small metrics here, Pete, uh, the, the companies that are just ripe um, for portfolio management are companies that we call companies in transition. They are at a period in time when change is more rapid. Now that could be because of a changing marketplace. It could be because of rapidly changing uh, technology. It could be of, uh, because of revolutionary new uh, products or markets out there. Um, all sorts of reasons, but they are in transition and they have types and quantities of projects that they haven't had before. If a company says, you know, it has become so critical for us to do projects, they will naturally gravitate towards getting their project managers and team members more education, more skills on how to do projects, perhaps certification of them, uh, and at the same time they re really need to take on at the executive level portfolio management. How are we going to manage this in, in increasing number of projects that are increasingly critical to our business? And how can we do so in a predictable, repeatable way? And That's, now increasing the number of people who are educated oh, yeah. and energized around delivering results through oh, projects. Exactly. To, at some point, you get them excited. Now you have to say, okay. It's an answer to complexity. Here's where focus becomes yeah. so important. Yeah. Well, that, that very much helps me out. I, I Thank you for that. Uh, that mm -hmm. discourse here. Let's, uh, now let's talk a little bit about program management. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned complexity before, Pete, because that's one of the primary reasons that program management uh, exists. Hmm. Project management has its limits. Now, if we look at labor-intensive projects, um, and we measure the resources and hours typically on those, uh, and in a number of people, uh, project management uh, reaches its limits at about a million hours. Uh, that's that's the upper end here, somewhere between five hundred thousand and a million hours, uh, project on a single project. On a single project, it's which just, is a large project, it's hard to do. We and we've seen that level of complexity occur at three hundred fifty thousand hours as well. Sure. As soon as you get upwards of one hundred and fifty, two hundred fifty people um, under one project manager, you know, even though you've got a structure there to address them, uh, we're le uh, reaching a new level of complexity. Uh, we also know from research uh, that projects that are uh, less than a year are easier to do than projects which are longer than a year. So if you have an initiative, an undertaking which is going to be longer than a year, multiple things to do, uh, and uh, it, it just makes more sense to break that up into projects uh, which are delivered at different time periods. Uh, those projects run in, in uh, parallel or at least juxtaposed because they have different endpoints. Uh, some will start and end in year one, some will go into year two, some will start only in year two or year three. And uh, the, the program management structure that manages all that, the program manager and the program team uh, consisting of the project uh, managers and others uh, are tracking the projected benefits from this uh, program. And they are continually taking measures of the benefits which have arrived and those which have not arrived. And there may even be more benefits targeted as the, project, as the program gathers steam in the second or third year. And uh, so you can, you can think of the program as a project generator. 
We will continually to build projects around clusters of benefits until the total benefits have been achieved or until the company has said we've gotten enough benefit with this very large amount of resources that we've been applying and uh, it's time to disband absorb the results into the existing functions or create a new function and liberate the resources to work on other things. Uh, but a, 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 a program uh, has high visibility in a company. It has a lot of attention. And so things that are, are, are just um, scaled far beyond um, project management are this aspect of budgeting, this aspect of stakeholder management. They've got to be maintained. In a number of these programs, the whole aspect of logistics and procurement, which are just on a scale completely different from on a pro in a project mode, uh, even a $50 million project, you know, on the capital side of things. Um, yeah, I, how does, if, if you're a project manager, you're working on a project inside of a, a larger program, how does it change your perspective on um, on scoping the project and defining the deliverables that you that you need to or that you expect to return out of the project, particularly when you may have a a program milestone that is you know that you're not delivering against. Yeah, it makes it easier, Pete. It actually makes it easier because those projects have a finite scope, and as scope changes come along, we have to make a decision. Is this a misunderstanding of requirements within our scope, or is this a new scope item? If it's requirements clarification, then the chances are we will absorb whatever impact from that adjustment in, in our project. However, if it's a new scope item, we're going to be saying, is this really part of another project that should be coming along later in the program? Right. Uh, if, if there's a cluster of five deliverables that say, oh, gosh, we really need this, should we start another project right now with different people, or should we integrate these five uh, uh, deliverables into the scope of the project with appropriate budget and, and resource additions? The, the great thing about a program is, you know, you always have this ability to launch another project. Whereas when you're running a single project, there's an attitude around the project that says, if we don't del deliver this item, it isn't going to be done at all. Right, right. And with program management, there is this hope, and, and, and many people would say this certainty, that it will get done. And it, it, we determine in which project it will get done. Sure. So one of the benefits of, of program management is that you can scale the projects so that they're big enough to be interesting, but small enough to be doable. Hmm. You know, that, that's one of the big benefits. And that's the role of that project manager, is to select and scope projects uh, very well. Uh, I, it, it addresses to, to, uh, two points, and then we'll wrap it up. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it addresses the complexity issue by saying now, in the scope of all the projects within the program, we have visibility of this puzzle that we did not have before, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Uh, am I right? And uh, my misconception going into this conversation was that portfolio management and project management were inextricably connected. Mm. It, it, that doesn't seem like a fair assessment. Not one, necessarily. You, you can perform program management strategically and not have any portfolio management process. It seems like it would be harder to have portfolio management without program management if you're at that level of sophistication. Is that 
Fair. Well, um, we've uh, um, yes and no, Pete. Uh, we've seen companies uh, with start portfolio management without having program management in place. Uh, we have also seen uh, confusion among program managers as to what portfolio management is because they have a small portfolio of projects, okay. but they're not really doing portfolio management. They are doing program management. Now, is program management a natural outgrowth of more practice maturity in this field? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, if, if you're in the kind of industry that has to, from time to time, undertake some very large ventures, then probably program management is the best way to get it done. You've cleared up a lot for me today, John. I appreciate your time. And I, I hope we have cleared up, uh, you know, uh, some, if there was confusion, misunderstanding in our listeners as well. I, I, this well, is well, very Well, you know, valuable. Pete, uh, our listeners can always uh, write us an email uh, with questions on our podcasts. And uh, we'll certainly address these in more depth if they wish in future podcasts. Uh, Absolutely. It's, it's a fascinating current topic, both of these items are. It certainly is. Uh, and, and with regard to writing us an email, cadence at cadencemc.com. Go ahead, write that down right now. And uh, shoot us an email if you'd like, uh, uh, like John to, to talk some more about any specific topics or ta tackle some of your most grisly project management problems. We're glad to do it here at Ask Cadence. John, thank you so much for your time. You're very welcome, Pete. Excellent. On behalf of John Patton, my name is Pete Wright. Thanks for listening to Ask Cadence, the project management podcast. <laughs>